0: This is the podcast for the journal Genetics and Medicine, published by The Nature Publishing Group. It's the official peer-reviewed journal of the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics. I'm Cynthia Graber. The American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics is 25 years old, and 18 years ago, the college launched the journal Genetics and Medicine. And so for this episode of the podcast, we're taking a look at the journal then and now with both the original editor-in-chief, Richard King, and the current editor, James Evans. Dr. King is Professor Emeritus of the University of Minnesota. Dr. Evans is Professor of Medicine and Genetics at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. Eighteen years ago, there were already dozens of scientific journals devoted to genetics, but Dr. King thought there was nothing that adequately addressed applying genetics to the practice of medicine.
1: There were lots of genetics journals, but there was nothing that was devoted to the types of uh, papers that I thought ought to be published American Journal of Human Genetics was much more scientific and didn't want any large clinical studies. And there weren't many other avenues in the U.S. for publishing clinical studies. Plus, the college was starting to develop policy statements, and we needed a place a practice guidelines, place to publish those. So we decided that it was a good time
0: to start a journal. Other journals weren't publishing large trials that investigated the outcome of genes and variations in large populations, and the American College of Medical Genetics and Genomics was already starting to publish policy statements about, and guidelines for, integrating genetics into medical care. How they ran the paper is hard to imagine today.
1: Now, when we started, it was all on paper. We used FedEx and Fax. There was no computer submission of journals at the time. That came on in two processes. as we publish the journal. We started publishing six issues a year. We had a page limitation. And the way that we obtained our manuscripts was to go through the abstracts of the meeting and pick out things that we thought ought to be published in the journal and then solicit uh, the authors to write up the paper and submit it to the journal.
0: Because the journal was new, the process of soliciting papers wasn't always easy.
1: And that's how we solicited a lot of manuscripts. I mean, people would get a cold call from me saying, Hey, I read your abstract. I think that would be a good good paper. And then there would be a long pause, and they'd say, what does that mean? And I would tell them what it would mean, and then there'd be a longer pause.
0: (laughs) Most of the articles at the time were review articles, and Dr. King says he had to do a lot of editing. All that has changed today, and not just because articles are, of course, submitted online. Dr. Evans.
2: What's really changed, I think, is, you know, we've been a monthly journal now for for seven or eight years um, as opposed to bimonthly. The other thing that has changed is that just because we're a more established journal now, thanks to the foundation that that Dick and the managing editor laid, our biggest problem now is rejecting articles. We have to reject a lot of articles. We only accept about... 30%. 30%. So, you know, there was a time, like with any new journal, where you worry about getting enough submissions. Now our worry is, is really the opposite, which is a nice worry to have, but we get enough submissions where we have to reject a lot of articles. And that's, that's a painful process because you're always worried you're rejecting good stuff. And, you know, indeed, you do reject good stuff. You just are trying to keep the, your eye on what, what is most relevant
0: to our readership. Genetics has changed dramatically in the past two decades, and that's had a huge impact on what the journal covers.
1: The main topics at that time were the Human Genome Project and probably some kind of uh, cell transplant, cell transfer. The molecular biology was was ongoing, but the rapidness of the ability to do human genome sequencing really wasn't on board at the time in the 90s. So we were really focused on What's going to come out of the Human Genome Project? How is that going to change genetics? Where is that going to go, and how is that
0: going to impact clinical genetics today? Says Dr. Evans.
2: I mean, I think what's changed most is genetics itself and the and the practice of genetics. Like Dick said, 20, 25 years ago, we did uh, you know some testing for individual genes, but it really wasn't very common. Flash forward now to a point where Doing genetic testing for a variety of genes is, is routine. Doing panels of, of genes from a few to dozens is, is routine. And even doing whole exome and whole genome sequencing is becoming not uncommon at all. In addition, we're seeing a lot of other specialties. So, you know, specifically cardiology, ophthalmology, OBGYN oncology having embraced a variety of of types of genetic testing. Another change is just the plethora of different kind of large-scale technologies that are now routinely clinically employed. So not just massively parallel sequencing, but we, we now see microarrays as a very routine part of, of pediatric genetics and other genetically oriented tests. We see the field of OB having really strongly embraced cell-free DNA analysis for purposes of screening individuals who are pregnant to try to uh, uh, detect fetuses with chromosomal abnormalities, etc., So we've seen huge changes in the field itself. That's all been reflected by changes
0: in the journal. The journal was immediately well-regarded by the scientific establishment, and that has only increased over the past decades. Both editors credit their managing editors, Christine Kristofferson in the past and Jan Higgins today, for their crucial work in making the journal a success. At the time of the journal's launch, the public was not particularly knowledgeable about genetics. You
1: know, if you asked them most of the time, they would identify maybe Down syndrome and in our area, Huntington disease, because it's had a lot of press from our research at the university. But otherwise, it was not a very major area. Now the public is completely different. They're very interested in going to the doctor and if you can't find the cause to doing, maybe suggesting that you do a genetic study to find out what the cause is because they now have this view that if we do a genetic study, we're gonna answer all the questions.